Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them, and I tell you about them. Or sometimes I force one of my co-hosts to watch them, and (laughs) they are not happy about it. (laughs) We will find out. We will find out. Until then, and aside from that, did anything scary happen to us this week? Henley? Um, Okay, sorry. (laughs) I momentarily had forgotten that we are saying what's a scary thing, and I was had just prepared something that I've done this week. But say what you've prepared. Say what you've prepared. I would love to hear what you've prepared. The thing is, I haven't prepared anything. I just have a topic (laughs) in mind, which is, and I here's the thing: it is it is a little scary the amount of hours I have committed this past week to doing this, which is listening. To Poog. Have you guys listened to Poog? Is yet? it related to Goop? No. I mean, it's Goop backwards. <laughs> Poog? P O O G? Yeah. And it's a thing you listen to? You texted that to us, and I was like, she must have misspelled Goop. <laughs> Wait, I was under the impression that Poog was like a household name. Do people not know what Poog is? <laughs> I certainly don't. I don't. Okay. I don't know why anyone would. Um. All right. So. It's a podcast. It's hosted by Kate Berlant and Jacqueline Novak, um, mm-hmm. the two comedians. And mm-hmm. they just chat with each other. And I had someone had recommended it to me before. I tried listening to it like a few months ago. I turned it on. I was like, ugh, I don't like this. Um, but then for some reason I returned to it recently and I have listened to probably like 12 episodes in the past week, which is like 12 hours of pook. <laughs> um, they are just friends who the the conceit of the podcast is they're talking about like wellness, skincare products, all of that, which doesn't sound interesting on the surface, but they have a dynamic that I find extremely compelling. They're very funny. They do things like and they just they just love it. They they love doing it. They're enjoying themselves so much you can tell. And they do things like they talk about what they would do if they were at a restaurant together in that moment. And they would talk about what they would order and they would like <laughs> argue about it. And they go through like the entire menu, this fictional menu that they've created. And they're like <laughs> and they're like getting into the, like the nitty gritty and they're making each other laugh. I'm laughing. I Jacqueline Novak is working on a um hour long stand up routine. She's like doing material and Kate Berland is like 
that's not funny or like I'm not compelled by that or laughing her ass off (laughs) like they're just very honest with each other and clearly extremely comfortable with each other and I don't know why I think it is very specific so if you're not into it I can completely understand but I'm in a moment at least right now where I'm very into it and I'm finding it extremely interesting and I'm so happy you know when you find something like that and you're like great yeah yeah I love to love something. I was going to say, I love hearing people like having a good time. That's nice. And also just there's mm-hmm. so much content, but finding content that you actually want to spend time with and enjoy is hard. It's, it's, it's so hard. In fact, sometimes I won't even try because I'm overwhelmed by the amount. Yes. And so you know that I just you guys know I re-listen to and rewatch the same things I have like met like a troubling amount of times like over yeah. and over and over again because I'm like, I can't possibly find a new thing. How could one find a new thing? It's overwhelming. I admire people who aren't that way. I admire people who are constantly searching out new things and getting into new things. The energy. Adventurers. Absolute adventurers. Explorers. Indiana Jones of content. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I aspire to be. And I'm not that way either. Emily, I'm also re-listening to everything. Um, Anyway, that's what I was thinking about. Okay, this actually changed what I was going to talk about. Whoa. I, w- I was going to talk about how I got about $5,000 in medical bills this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> horrifying. Scary thing is the American healthcare system. But now I just remembered, speaking of podcasts and speaking of Henley, that I listened to a podcast that Henley recommended. <gasps> oh, no. Which one? Oh, no. Horrifying. Oh, no. Henley, why was that your response? <laughs> It's going to be so intimately revealing of my tastes, whatever it is. You know what it is. So it's called Root of Evil. Oh, God. It's just it's a podcast about the Black Dahlia murderer and like going way in depth, told from the perspective of the murderer's grandchildren and it's like the most. Is it their actual grandchildren or that's just a fiction? Oh, no. And it's That's like Riverdale shit. <laughs> it's the most disturbing thing I feel like I've ever listened to. And I just could not the whole time could not stop thinking like, I can't believe Henley recommended this. Like, this is so I'm really confused by it. Absolutely. There's like no way in hell present day Henley post having a child could listen to this. Like, I Ooh. feel like they're so it's like basically wall to wall kid kid stuff. <laughs> Oh, I no. I don't. I, Sammy, I don't understand either. I listened to the entire thing and it ruined my I, I told you. I told you it ruined my life. It ruined my life for a short period of time. Nonetheless, I still did it. I think it was I think I listened to it when it came out, which is like 2018, maybe. Maybe yeah. it was a, a, a particularly dark period of time for me where I was just like, lapping up even more darkness. <laughs> I don't know. Laughing sure. it up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And there's something about an auditory experience rather than a visual one. If this had been any kind of a visual thing, I mean, there's no way in hell. But if you're driving, you're doing, you're cleaning the dishes, you can kind of hear, you can just listen to anything. You can, right? you can <laughs> hear it. Well, I keep asking you guys, I'm like, this is the thing that I actually, I, I do want to know. I like want you to tell me. And you guys keep saying you won't. Like, that's how much, like, Sammy even is like, no, you don't want to know. I'm like, I do. No, you, you won't you tell actually, me. You like genuinely don't. Because as Emily, when you said that, I was like, let me just dip my toe back into this to remind myself of why it's so upsetting. 
that I started reading five seconds in, I had, to, I had to turn the Wikipedia off. I had to shut it down. I had to walk away. It's so bad. It's I, I, we could recap it, but we just couldn't go into specifics. That's what you said. You're like we could we could tell you. We just would not, we just have to not give you the details. And I was like, that's what telling me is. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you mean? What else would you, how else? What else is there? Also, because oh, it's man. true, it's real. That's part yeah. of what makes it so bad is that bad, it's, I bad. don't that I people love true crime. I'm sure a lot of people listening love true crime. I mm-hmm. find it like fascinating that it's such a huge, huge industry because th- those are real those are real stories. It's it real. is really fascinating. And I told yeah. you guys I started listening to this podcast Something Was Wrong, which is like sort of true crimey, but told from the perspective of the victims, which is like a really interesting perspective on it but mm-hmm. yeah i mean sometimes when you're listening to true crime i i do just like feel so gross and it's interesting because horror is like also yeah like scary and disturbing and like what is happening in my brain that i'm liking this but there's another level to it when it's like oh it's also all real and like why am i binging this podcast of like true things that happened that are just really upsetting like why do we like that well, but people do. People fucking love people it. Fucking I, love I liked it. it. I couldn't turn this podcast off. I think there's an element of like, oh, this didn't happen to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Just yeah. like because being alive is so insane that sometimes you're like, well, fuck, this is an option. I don't know. Well, I think that's true. I think especially because young women especially love true crime. And yeah. there's something about being it's a like young a woman. It's like a guidebook of like, here's warnings of things that can happen in life. And right. here's what to look out for. Right. And here's why you shouldn't trust anybody in the whole world. No, don't, trust don't, trust anyone. don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. That feeling you have, that constant fear, it's good. It's good. Lean in. Lean in. <laughs> it's correct. Uh, all right, Emily, anything scary happened to you this week? I mean, we started this podcast with me sitting with a fucking massive heating pad around my neck because I just woke up with a freaking crick in my neck. Mm-hmm. It really God. hurts. And I think it's because uh, I because we sat too much yesterday. I don't know. I probably slept weird, <laughs> but I also like it really made me upset when I woke up this morning because I was just, you know, those feelings where you're like, I didn't even do any. It's like, why? Why are you doing this to me? I laid down in a bed and slept like I do every night and like I must do to exist. And then you're going to punish me for it. <laughs> I'm really upset. One time I woke up in so much pain from sleeping weird that I had to go to urgent care and get a shot to like relax my muscles. It's like embarrassing. Fuck you up. It's like, hi, I need medical attention because of the way I slept. It's like so embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's (laughs) embarrassing. It's humiliating. (laughs) Um, And I think like this isn't what I was going to talk about. But you know what? It is. It is what I'm talking about now. Because it's really it sucks, and I and I think it's because we sat too much yesterday because we went and saw the Batman, woo. which woo. Yeah, can, you guys, <laughs> can you guys give me a little review of the Batman? How I it fucking go? loved it. We Sorry. loved it. Sorry, listeners, if you didn't want to know, and I didn't give you a warning, you just heard it here from my from our lips. We loved it. I we loved, loved it. it because here's <laughs> it did make me feel so weird though because we okay so we saw this movie at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. 
and it's three hours long and it had 30 full minutes three of trailers. Hours. A three full three hours? hours. A full, a, a literal three hour movie. Why? With 30 minutes of trailers beforehand at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And so we basically just like woke up, got breakfast and then sat in darkness for three and a half hours and then came <laughs> out and it was raining and then it was like late in the day and then I was hungry, but then it was like too late. for. I just like the whole day I felt so <laughs> insane from having what. Also, it's like a really intense, moody movie it just was it, and then i woke up this morning and my fucking neck hurt i was just like what did batman do to me like it just really <laughs> like affected my whole weekend and joel like won't stop playing the theme like like he won't stop playing it we listened to it we listened to it on the ride to the movie we listened to it on the ride home from the movie he put it on last night and we got home from dinner this morning <laughs> i was making coffee and you can like start music from anywhere on your phone and all of a sudden i hear the fucking batman <laughs> theme and i'm just like it's a really good theme it's a great theme but i am starting to be a point where i'm like is this just my life, life now like yeah. is, it, I, is it just batman all the time um <laughs> but i did it's worth worth all of the physical consequences that i've suffered from it i really i can't wait to see it again and i don't want to see it again in a theater because i don't want to sit in a theater for three and a half hours again but i also don't want to wait six weeks for it to come out on streaming so i will go see it again in a theater i fucking loved it was robbed everything it. you wanted and more and more he was so good to the point where I was like, I was telling Joel last night, like, I'm really proud of him. I don't know him. Like, I don't he doesn't <laughs> need me to be. But I'm just like, what a big weight to be Batman. And like, people are going to have a lot of thoughts. And I think he was he because he's he's weird. We know he's a little freaky man, but like <laughs> he was the Batman. Like he was Batman. He did Batman. Do you know what I mean? He didn't do like, yep. oh, I mean, it is like a sort of a moody, weird, angsty Batman, but it also like. He was Batman. Like he like, did the thing. It was it like works. A, it works. It's like movie star fucking the Batman Batman. And I God, I loved it. From the moment I first heard his voice in voiceover at the beginning of the movie, I was like, okay. Here we go. <laughs> We're doing it. Okay, We're doing can, it. And I don't I, I'm not deeply attached to Batman as a kid. You know, a lot of people are like, Batman has to be a specific way. People are like really weird about superheroes. I like don't fucking care i just care about rob obviously and i'm my i'm i'm so proud can i tell you guys something really embarrassing please <laughs> yes so i've not seen the batman however i did watch a bunch of um uh promo videos with robert pattinson and zoe kravitz doing interviews together mm -hmm. um to promote the movie and they always make them do like little quizzes and stuff to get to like right. prove yeah. how well you know each other. And it's actually you can tell they really like each other, but it's also humiliating these types of yeah. things that they have to do. They ask them these questions. They don't know the answers. They don't know anything. They don't know shit about each other at the of end of the day. Not. Of course not. There was one point where they asked, they were like, what was the project the person worked on right before filming Batman? And Zoe Kravitz knew like it was Tenet for Robert Pattinson. And he spent like truly 10 minutes trying to remember the name of her TV show. And he thought that it was Big Little Lies, which she was in, but that was not the one before it. it. High and she Fidelity? Kept saying, yeah, it was High Fidelity. But he kept, he was thinking of Big Little Lies clearly. And he kept saying, it's like Crazy Rich Asians, but not. <laughs> He Just was like three rich, words. He was like rich white women. <laughs> God, I, I really think he, I think he's perfect. And and like the amount, the like, 
connection I feel towards him is it does somewhat <laughs> alarm me because <laughs> it's I don't know him. Um, but we that, we wow. we love our Rob. We I love, love our, him. our Rob. Rob. We love Man, him. And I love him. I love but him. Spe- speaking of things we don't love. I no, I was going to say was there any was there another movie that you saw that There's another movie I saw this you week. You had a strong feeling about. <laughs> it's been a weird week you guys. There's another movie I saw this week that Sammy recommended I watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it really it really if it really affected me. Okay, I so this week I had to watch the movie and and Sammy was like, oh, you should watch this one. And I thought, okay. And I, and I was interested, but okay. The, it's, the expectations were not set properly. They were not set properly because because they were not set properly. We'll get into it. They, uh, uh, we'll get into it. The movie is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It came out in 2017. It's an A24 movie. It it. it Premiered at Cannes 2017. It's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but I whatever. think that's right. Great, Yor- Yorgos. Love, love him. I. He did the favorite, yes, right? You have some thoughts. He did the favorite and the lobster. So yes, it's mm. directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, written by Yorgos Lanthimos, and F. F. Themis Philippou. That one also, I think, yes, correct. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm joking. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. It stars Barry Keegan, Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, Rafi Cassidy, Sonny Suljic, and Bill Camp, and Alicia Silverstone. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I Okay. I was excited. I was excited to watch this because I, I really love the favorite. I, the, I, I will not say I really loved the lobster. I will say the lobster is very good. And really unnerved me. And I was like, okay, this is going to be like a, more, a little more unnerving than the lobster. And that's correct. It, it Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> it's so good. I'll say this. It is such a good movie. And in like taking notes for it and like rethinking about it, it is like truly incredible. And the cast is so good. And everyone in it is so good. And it's like it is like absolutely an incredible movie it also is the bleakest darkest thing i've ever seen i truly all i wanted was for the movie to be over like all i wanted was for it to end i was i just like was just like please let these minutes go by like please 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 let this movie be over for like most of the movie. Oh my god, I can't wait to have to listen to you recap the movie if you felt that way while watching the and movie. And Henley, I'm also, also, I'm so sorry, Henley. I'm so <gasps> sorry. Talk about wall-to-wall kid stuff. Like, Yeah, it's pretty non-stop kid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I didn't tell Henley to watch it. I wouldn't you have told Henley. You did not tell Henley to watch it. So I was watching it and like, and Joel too, because Joel loves it and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I think you'd enjoy watching it. And about halfway through, I, I truly was like, like, I, I had sunk in, I did, I had visibly sunken into, like, a pit of despair as I was watching this movie. <laughs> and Joel looked at me and he was like, why did Sammy tell you to watch this? <laughs> and then later, the three of us talked and both of them, Sammy and Joel were like, 
Yeah, I thought you would like it until I started rewatching it. And then I realized, oh, no way. This was a huge. <laughs> this is absolutely not a movie you would like. Yeah, it's one that I, I saw, I feel like, when it came out and I haven't watched it since. And so in my mind, I was like, I remember two bad scenes, but you forget the like wall to wall dread in it. The dread, the dread. It's so it's like it is. It's just. It. It's so upsetting in like every moment. Like it's yeah. just no fuck. God. Okay, but fuck. okay. So it has an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy three percent on Metacritic, seven on IMDb. Super high. So that's part of it. Is that people like loved this movie? I think it's people it is an incredible really like movie. You can't like yeah. it. Really is. It really is incredible. The story is like it's so. I've never seen anything like it. I hope to never ever again. <laughs> ever again. Um. The performances are true. Like, it's such good acting. It's so well directed. It's like, Yorgos is so specific. Yeah. And, it, and like, so if you've seen The Lobster, if you've seen The Favorite, it, it is, it does the same thing where it's like those, like, long, weird tracking shots and, like, ominous sounds and mm-hmm. that, like, everyone's sort of tone speaking is, like, really flat. Like, the way line deliveries happen is, like... So it, like, does a lot of that stuff that he is, like, so known for. It's just, like, also, like, the most upsetting story ever. Ever. Um, It is rated R for disturbing, violent, and sexual content. Oh, mm. no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, Sammy. I don't know what the budget was. I tried to find out. So Yorgos fucking... Why are you keeping secrets? But it made seven million at the box office, which is like probably not not a not a probably lot. not a lot. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do some trivia. Okay. Um, there it opens. It opens with a scene of a very close up open heart surgery. Um. Oh no. And that is real. That is a real that <gasps> those filmed. They were able to like step in on an of real surgery wow. and um colin farrell was there he attended and said it like really fucked him up <laughs> oh my god colin is committed to his craft colin is committed to his craft you cannot say he is not especially if you've watched uh, the batman um <laughs> i had a big i had a big feral week um mm-hmm. the story is based on the greek tragedy Iphigenia, which i'll i'll talk about um after uh, Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell began working together on The Beguiled in 2017, only a few weeks after they wrapped filming this. I so that they're both in that. Yeah. And then both uh, premiered at Cannes that year, mm. which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Silverstone and Nicole Kidman became part of this project because they were both fans of Yorgos and begged him, begged him, it says, <laughs> to cast them. Please, Yorgos, please, please, please. I imagine them, yeah, like on their knees, hands Yorgos, in Yorgos, prayer. Yorgos, please. <laughs> uh, Bob is the only principal character played by an American, despite the movie taking place in Ohio. Colin Farrell and Barry Keegan are Irish, Nicole Kidman is Australian, and Rafi Cassidy is British. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. They all have American accents except for Colin Farrell. He has his um, own Irish accent, a choice that I agree with. Hmm. Okay. If someone has an Irish accent, let them do their Irish let accent. Them do it. They don't let Barry do his, but um, he's doing something. He's doing a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I can't really fault any choices that were made with with Barry's character. I feel like it works. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What an actor. What a freak. Um. Wow. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch this trailer. So Henley, what do you know about this movie? I know literally nothing except before we started recording, I told Tim 
that we were doing this movie and he was like oh yeah it's a really fucked up one about like i people said it was really good but then they said it was like really disturbing and about a really fucked up kid so i never wanted to watch it that's all i know that's all yeah I know. it's not wrong yeah it's not wrong i i truly i don't know how i like didn't i didn't know what it was about at all and i went in like fully blind other than knowing who the cast was and being like that's interesting i'm scared i wait okay all right here's here's okay i know it's rated r for disturbing violence but is it technically a horror movie or is it just like a really intense here's what i'll say here's what i'll say okay it is not scary like yeah yeah. you will not those are my those are my least favorite those are my least favorite give me the scares give me the conjuring give me ghosts all day long but you give me real life fucked up examples of like what it's like to be dark in real life and i want to crawl in a hole and die forever you will want to crawl in a hole and die but it's not necessarily real life it's not necessarily real life it is it's doing something it's very interesting but it is um yeah i will say it's not scary like anyone could watch it in terms of scare like no it's not you're it's not scary it did at one point i was in such deep dread while watching it like it just like filled me like like physiologically with such dread that i did get convinced at one point that i might be dying (laughs) um but and it's like hard after watching it it's hard to like when i say that i'm like that sounds crazy like obviously that's that's not but like i i i did get scared while watching it that like wait is something wrong with me am i actually die because i just like i would just was filled with such like true dread and i and i, I cannot th- like that's just true that's just true that i believed that i was ill Okay, here's the thing. We need to get into this recap, but I just need to tell you guys, it's 3.15 p.m. I've been awake since 6 (laughs) a.m. I haven't slept in days. I don't sleep. (laughs) I I take care of a baby all the time. That's all I do. I might need to make a tequila soda like halfway through. (laughs) Yeah, look, Henley, I think whatever you need to do, whatever you need to do, you should do it. And and, like, I think if you're in a state right now where like you sort of can't really like connect with what's being told to you, that's also fine. Like if that is like sort of where you're at, I think that that might be in your best interest. Just leave my emotions at the door. We're we're coming in cold. Just sort of float through this if you can. Okay. Okay. Great. That I being said, that. let's watch this freaking trailer. We, we don't have to worry about nothing. Cause we got the fire and we're burning one hell of a something. They, they're gonna see us from outer space. Yeah, I'm really sorry about Bob. It's nothing serious. No, it is. Like we're the stars of the human race, human race. Where did you two go? How did his father die? A surgeon never kills a patient. An anesthesiologist can kill a patient, but a surgeon never can. Don't be scared, Mom. You'll see. You won't be able to move either. To get used to Where is she? What did you do to her? I don't understand why I should have to pay the price. Why my children should have to pay the price. It's the only thing I can think of as close to justice. We can light it up, 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 so they can put it out, out, out. 
here's the thing. <laughs> I'm like already not okay. Oh, like, I know. That was not okay. Yeah, Even no, just that not. minute was not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Seeing children in the hospital is not okay for me right now. And oh. I'm going to f- fucking lose my shit this yeah. entire podcast. Oh, Henley. Oh, my God. My- I'm so sorry. I really, am, I really am so sorry. My emotional barrier is zero. I have zero emotional barrier right now. I'm like already crying. Oh, Henley. I'm, I really am really sorry. I really am. I like really am. I'm, I wish I didn't have to do it, but I do. And I and I, and, and like here it goes. You know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like not exaggerating. This will be the hardest one I've ever done. No, I. you're correct. I think you were right. Yeah. As I was thinking of Emily watching it, I was like, oh, it is like the most similar also to Funny Games, I feel like is the closest film we've so done to I, it. Yeah, I saw Which a, I didn't think about before. I saw a review. I saw a review that um, said uh, it's like the combo. It's like a combo of um, Sophie's Choice and Funny Games. So Holy just keep shit. that <laughs> in mind. <laughs> what? Let's freaking get into it. Let's rip this band-aid off. Sorry. Sorry, Henley. Oh my gosh, she's she's no, it's not, not gonna be good. This isn't gonna be she's good. She's not doing well. She's not doing well. We haven't even started. I'm like I'm gonna have a panic attack. Everything's fine. Take All right, a deep breath. We haven't even we haven't even started. Make that tequila soda, baby. Do it, do it, do it. Not yet, but maybe halfway through. Okay. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, 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 here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Okay, we open with um, a heart exposed in a chest cavity. It's like real close up. And it, honestly, like, it's cool. Like it's it's freaky, but it's like like you see it just like like it's like it's just crazy. Yeah. And it's really close up. So you're like not even entire like, what am I actually seeing? But it's it's open heart surgery. It's a heart. A human and heart. I, I watched it the whole time. And and so in this moment, I was like, I'm going to be fine. Look how brave I am. I can watch this. And then like, <laughs> that was nothing. That was nothing. Um, but so, uh, you know, cut to. Two uh, doctors, or, or I think you see, like, you pan up and you see uh, Colin Farrell. He's the surgeon. He, like, removes his gloves. He takes his little thing off. Um, we see him and his anesthesiologist, whose name is Matthew. His uh, Colin Farrell is Stephen. Is this Bill Camp? This is Bill Camp. Who I just got to say, I fucking love Bill Camp. He's so great. He's so great. I don't know who that is. You, you do. would probably recognize him. He's, I think he's everybody like, does. He's, he's in everything. He's a that guy. Yeah. He's a that guy. Yeah, he's okay. in everything and he's very good. Um, yeah. So they're walking down the hall of the hospital discussing their watches. And Stephen's like, I really like your watch. How how deep can it go in the water? And he's like, 200 meters. I really like your watch. How deep can it go in the water? 100 meters. Like they're just clearly like cutting people open and dealing with their hearts is not a big deal. Doesn't yep. affect them at all. They're very used to it. Um. But then cut to Stephen is uh, at a diner, uh, finishing up a slice of apple pie, sitting alone. And uh, Barry Keegan comes in, sits at the table with him. This is Martin. He apologizes for being late. Uh, they have a very, you know, it, this is very Yorgos where they're, they're both like have a very deadpan line delivery back and forth. But mm -hmm. we, we don't really know what their relationship is. They clearly know each other. At first, you're like, is this his kid? Oh, mm -hmm. or like I, I knowing nothing about this movie was torn somewhere between this is his stepchild or they have some sort of sexual relationship. I, rem I remember feeling that way as well. Like Th is those this are the only options that feel possible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. So it's weird. You're just like you don't. They're like having this sort of stilted conversation at the diner, but they're clearly trying to connect. And then, um. Stephen gifts Martin uh, a watch and it is the same watch that Matthew, his anesthesiologist, had because he tells Martin, he's like, hey, you know, depth of 200 meters when you put it underwater and uh, Stephen gives him a really big hug and it's like kind of awkward but he's like, thank you so much, thank you so much for the gift. That night we see Stephen at home uh, having dinner with his family so we that's when I was like, okay, this isn't his stepson um, mm -hmm. but he does he has a wife uh, who is Nicole Kidman her name is Anna young mm -hmm. son uh, Bob Bob probably is 10 mm -hmm. and his daughter Kim who is like 12 or 13 mm -hmm. um, and they're just a sweet little family having their dinner um, and <sighs> you know Bob has sort of long hair and Stephen says I, you know, I wish he would get a haircut and Anna says, I like his long hair and you have beautiful hair. They're just having like a, you know, 
little family dinner. We're sort of getting a feel for them. A fun, happy family. Fun, happy family. Nothing nothing bad will happen ever. (laughs) Nothing bad is going to happen probably to them. No, the movie ends. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> a kid who we don't know who he is getting a watch. And cool. that's, that's the movie. It's <laughs> a beautiful story. Um, that night, Stephen and Anna are getting ready for bed. Uh, she's talking about she's going to get that black dress he liked. That's the one that she bought. She's getting it tailored. Um, then she takes off her clothes and she says to him, uh, general anesthesia? And he says, yes. And so she lays down on the bed as if she's knocked out cold under anesthesia and just her bra and underwear. He clearly, so you don't see him, but he's like off screen. Just you can tell he's like starting to touch himself. And then he like comes over to her and starts kissing her. And it like is fucking creepy, but it also there is something sort of sweet about it. It's like, well, it's like consensual. It's she's consensual. Like, this she's, is what they're into. Mm-hmm. The, the only creepy part is that he puts people under, and this is what turns him on. Yeah, yeah. I don't love that, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they seem. I mean, they it, it, they seem to have like an op- very communicative and open relationship. Yeah. Next day, Martin is, or sorry, Stephen is at the hospital, and he sees Martin there, and uh, he's clearly surprised to see him. Sort of calls him over. Uh, they and Stephen, they're in a the hallway, sort of whispering. And Stephen's like, "You know, you you can't just surprise me here. You need to tell me when you're coming." And Martin says, "I'm sorry. I just I wanted to thank you for the watch. It's just very nice of you to give me the watch." And um, Barry Keegan's portrayal, he's like a very like he's like a pretty weird guy, and he's like, "Sorry, I just wanted to like tell you, like, thank you for the watch. It's really nice of you to give me the watch." He's just like strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Uh, it seems like he's just trying to he's like sorry I didn't I didn't know um, and Matthew comes up and sees them talking Matthew comes to talk to Stephen and uh, uh, sorry Stephen tells Matthew oh this is Martin he's a, a schoolmate of my daughter's uh, mm. he's interested in becoming a cardiologist that's why he's here at the hospital mm. and it feels like that's not correct. Like we yeah. feel like that's a lie. Yeah. So we know that at least his relationship with Martin is something that he's not telling people about. Right. Something, something mm. secretive, something secretive. Um, then that night at home, Stephen and Anna are getting ready to go to some gala. Like she's putting on that black dress. He's wearing a tux. Uh, he, he sits with his daughter, Kim on the bed where she does, she goes through her scales. She's in choir. And so she's just like, ah, ah, and he's just like sitting and listening. And then he like hugs her. And it's like, very good. I feel like another Yorgos thing is just like sitting in a scene for like the real time. Yes. Mm. And just being like, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Just still going. Bob is in there like messing with his long hair and Stephen tells him like, you need to go water the plants. We're trying to all help mom out. She works really hard. Uh, and he's like, mom always waters the plants for me. And it's like, no, I want you to go water the plants. We're just having our little, we like are getting this little family dynamic. Um, but then the parents, Anna and and Stephen go to this gala, some sort of medical gala thing steven is up there giving a speech clearly he's like very well respected and important everyone is enjoying his toast um and then 
after the toast, they Anna and, and Stephen go to leave. Matthew is there and he's trying to convince him to stay. He's like, it's early. Come on. It's like, don't leave yet. And she's saying he has surgery in the morning. Like he has to stay sharp. You know, you both should. Uh, Matthew tries to offer Stephen a drink. And Anna says he has not a drink in three years. Mm. And uh, we, you know, we need to go. He needs to be sharp for the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they leave. The next day, Stephen and Martin are on a walk and, and Stephen invites, Stephen says, I think you should come to dinner and meet my family. I would like for you to come over for dinner and, and meet my family. So we're like, don't oh, do it. OK, don't do it. Don't do that. OK, I guess it's not like so secret, you know, like he no, wants him don't. to meet his family. So, OK, so uh, he comes over and, you know, they're all oh, yeah. sitting in the, the living room and Anna has made them lemonade and Martin's going on about how, like, thank you for the lemonade. I really like the lemonade. My mom makes really good lemonade, but this lemonade is like as good as my mom's lemonade. Okay. okay. You should really try my mom's lemonade someday. I'll bring the lemonade. Okay. Okay. Uh, Then Kim, Bob, and Martin are all hanging out in Kim's room. Uh, Kim's like sitting on the bed. They're all sort of getting to know each other. And Kim mentions like she just got her first period. They're just like the way they all speak to each other is she's like, I just got my period. Um, like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bob asks Martin if he has hair under his armpits. <laughs> and Martin's like, I have a, a little. And he shows him and Bob says, you don't have as much hair. Uh, not as much as my dad. My dad has a lot of hair on under his armpits. Um, <laughs> and Kim asks Martin if she wants to go on a walk with him. Uh, and says, can we take the dog? And he says, no, uh, I'll go on a walk with you, but I, I don't want to bring the dog. Dogs make me nervous um, because I don't want, like, what if it gets in a fight with another dog? I'm really nervous about having to break up a fight between two oh, dogs. I relate okay. to that very hard. It is one of I mean, my, it's one of my greatest, greatest fears. No, but I'm scared of anyone being alone with Martin. I mean, I don't know anything yeah. about what this movie's about. I, I, think you're suppo- I think you're supposed to feel that way. Yes. I'm it's just not like, excited. and at this point in the movie, I mean, up until I will tell you when you actually, I mean, you'll know when you know what's happening. But like the first 45 minutes of this movie, you're just like, what's going on? What is happening? You like are given nothing. You're just given a bunch of scenes of who these people are. And it's all kind of weird. Very little is explained. But you're like, what's the thing going to be? And then, boy, did they tell you. But um, at this point, we don't know yet. So she goes on a walk with with Martin and then. <laughs> He had asked her to sing for it. She's like, I'm in choir. And he's like, sing me a song. And she's embarrassed. And Bob's like, she's embarrassed. Doesn't want to sing. But then they go on this walk. And there's just a scene of she's like, he's sitting on the ground. And she's leaning against this tree and singing. And like, I think it's like Imagine Dragons, this song. She's just like singing. It's the song in the trailer. I'm gonna let it burn. Ellie Golding. Oh, yeah. Ellie Golding. Ellie Golding. Because we got the fire, fire, fire. And we're gonna let it burn, burn, burn. She sings like that very kid way of like she is hitting the notes, but it's just like that's all it is. It's just like hitting notes it's very interesting and that we stay on that for like basically the whole song <laughs> that she like sings to him so we're also getting a feel she's like definitely got a crush on martin mm-hmm. um which as i think that the note of her just getting her first period is like so important in terms of how of like understanding her having a crush on martin it's like mm-hmm. god do you remember how insane you felt at that point in your life like mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. oh my god i found a diary recently when i was moving uh, that i've like kept all these years from like that exact time like when i was in like seventh grade and it's 
horrifying to look back on. <laughs> I was obsessed with the boy I had a crush on. And I signed like every diary entry. Like, P.S. Good night to you. I love you. I hope you love me <laughs> every single day. Like a fuck. Like it's like, but it's just because you're just like, I don't know. I, I, like it's just like just hormones. Like oh, oh my, my god, god. Cha- changing like your brain, turning you into really a little psychopath. Upsetting. Little psychopath. Um. <laughs> then they're back from the walk, and Stephen invites Martin to stay the night. He says, "You can stay in Bob's room, and then we'll take him home in the morning." And he says, "No, I, I, I shouldn't leave my mom. I'm, I'm not. I don't. Uh, we, because uh, we've learned his, he, his dad has passed away, and so he's like, I don't want to leave my mom alone." I also feel like at this point, are we kind of feeling like Stephen is like trying to placate Martin in a way? Like, is he like he's like trying to? be extra nice to him and shit right yeah it does feel a bit like that like again at this point i'm still like i do not understand what his relationship to this kid is why he wants him around yeah his motivations are not explained but it feels like martin has like something over over him yeah it does feel like martin or at least that like martin or in steven like feels that he must Put himself in this role and see, mm-hmm. like it does, like we we so we know that that Martin's dad isn't in the picture or is has passed away, so it does feel like Stephen is somehow being like I I have to like be in his life in this way. It's just like so it's like maybe he feels like uh, sorry for him and he's just trying to be a yeah. father figure for him, but also he like seems a little nervous about it, right? Or did yeah. I making that up? No, no, no. It, it feels correct, um, but. Mainly, it's just that like we're all just deeply unnerved by Martin. Like it's just like his energy is scary. We haven't haven't even gotten into it yet. My whole body is clenched. Mm -hmm. You'll be sore after this. I'm already feeling. You're gonna need a a stretch break. You're gonna have a crick. You're gonna have a crick in the neck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Martin also he says like he compliments their neighborhood. He's like, "This is a very lovely house. This is a very nice neighborhood. My very quiet, very clean." And Anna says, well, uh, where do you live? He says, I and not so I don't live in a nice neighborhood. I live up north and it's not it's not a nice part of town. And um, so we also are like feeling sad for him, kind of. I don't know. It's it's bizarre. But that night, Anna asks Stephen how Martin's dad died. And Stephen says. Uh, Wait, hold on. Sorry. Oh, yes. OK. So she asks, how did how did Stephen's dad die? And or had Martin's dad die, and Stephen says uh, he got he got in a car accident and was killed instantly. Um, Martin was a patient of mine a few years ago. I, I feel sorry for him. And she says, "Did you go to the funeral?" And he says, "Yes, I did." And she says, "Oh, why didn't why didn't I go?" And he says, "Oh, I, I, you were busy. Um, I think you were weird. busy. I told I think I told you about it, but you Secret were busy. Funeral, yeah, very very weird." <laughs> Then as they're getting into bed, Stephen's phone rings and and Anna says, oh, you should take it. That could be the hospital. So he walks into the other room. He takes the phone call. It's Martin. And mm. Martin thanks him for having him over for dinner and says, I'd like to I'd like to repay the favor. I You should come to dinner at my house tomorrow. I've already told my mom you're coming. So please, you have to say yes. And she's going to make her lemonade. And, um, you know, uh. she, my, my mom will be very pleased to see you. It's been two years since she saw you at the hospital. So that next day, Stephen is leaving the hospital at the end of the day. And as he's driving out of the parking garage, he's like going down the levels. He sort of sees out of the corner of his eye a 
kid who looks like Martin, sort of like skulking and like running around. And then he looks back and he's not there. He's like, that was weird. Then he's at Martin's house that night and he asks, were you at the hospital today? And Martin says, no, I was in school. Uh, And he says, oh, I I just thought I might have seen you. I wondered if you tried to come and see me, but I was too busy. And he says, no, I I wasn't at the hospital. After dinner, Martin asks them, he's like, can you stay and watch a movie? We watch a movie with us. And he says, no, I, you know, I didn't tell my wife that I would be late. I, I really should be should be going. And both Martin and his mom, his mom, by the way, is Alicia Silverstone. Oh, OK. They really want him to stay. And like, oh, just stay for a little bit, please. Would, would you just stay? And Martin says this it was my father's favorite movie. And so it's clear that he's guilting Stephen into staying and watching this movie with him. Uh, the movie is Groundhog Day, which I just think is really funny you like see it in the background that they're watching groundhog day that's great and early into the movie martin goes like i'm tired i'm gonna go to bed um sorry i can't finish the movie good night and he goes and like gives steven a real another like really weird hug and steve was just sort of like okay and so then steven and martin's mom are sitting on the couch together and she turns to him and she says asks him how long he's been married and he says he's been married for 16 years. She looks at his hands and she's like, you have such beautiful hands. Doctors have always have such beautiful hands. Your hands are so white, soft and clean. And I remember your hands from when I used to visit my husband at the hospital. Oh, OK. So he did not die instantly. Yeah. And there it is. Uh, she says, do you remember me then? I I was heavier and my hair was brown. I I just got tired of it. I've changed it. It's it's blonde now. Do you like it better now? Do you like my hair better now? I hate this. And he just says it. it it's I think it. I think it's nicer now. Oh, I don't know. He's being Irish. I don't know. <laughs> um. And she said, "Can I take a closer look at your hands?" And how much closer can you get? She takes his. Hand. <laughs> this is how much closer she takes his hand. Starts kissing it and then starts like <gasps> putting his fingers in her uh, mouth. And, oh my like, god! No! 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 Like performing oral sex on his hands. No! <laughs> Get out of there! And he, it's time he pulls to go, away. Steven, time to go. He, yeah, he pulls away and is like, oh, "I'm sorry, I, I I have to go." And she says, "Martin's not going to wake up. He's in bed, and and he wants this as much as I do." Uh, <laughs> and Stephen's like, mm, and he gets up and leaves. The next day. When Martin, I'm sorry, when Stephen gets to work, he opens the door to his office and Martin is inside his office. Oh, I hate this. And Stephen says, Martin, what are you what are you doing here? And he said, my heart, it hurts. I woke up today and my heart hurts right here. And he starts like banging on his chest. And Stephen says, you're fine. I'm, like, there's not there's nothing wrong with you. Um, and he says, well, I'm just worried, you know, because it's it's hereditary. And, you know, it's hereditary. And uh and I'm so I'm worried. And, and Stephen says, you're too young to be worried. And he says, well, see, that's what you told my dad. And oh, okay. he was very healthy. You know, he never smoked, swam every day. He should have come out of that surgery alive, but he died. Okay. Oh, boy. So Stephen runs tests on him. He does the thing where he puts all the little stickers on his chest and he's like running on a treadmill. And after that, the test, Stephen says, you know, everything came back. Healthy, you're 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 perfectly healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. And Martin asks, he's like, "What would you do? How'd you how would you put these stickers on if um if I had hair on my chest?" And he says, "We would shave. We'd shave the hair." And he's and he goes, "Um, Bob told me that you have a lot of hair on your chest. Will you show me?" 
And he's like, uh, no, I, I, no, I'm not going to take my shirt off. I don't know what he really says, but he's, please, 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 I just want to see. Please just show me. Please. Oh, boy. And so he unbuttons the shirt and, like, pulls it one side back and, like, shows him the hair under his armpits, the hair in his chest. And Martin's like, yeah, you have more hair than me, but that's not a lot more hair. That's not that's not so much more hair. Um, anyway, you know, my mom had a really good time at dinner last night. And, you know, I think that you guys would make a really good couple. You know, she's she just really likes you. I think you guys would make a great couple. You know, I really support it. She's got a great figure. You know, I just, you oh, just, my God, I've, it's so you've seen creepy. It. You've seen it. She's got a great figure. You know, she used to be she was heavier before. But now, you know, she's got, you know, you've seen her. It's a really nice body. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And... God. Steven says your your mom is very beautiful but you know obviously I've never I've never going to be with her I'm I'm a happily married man I love my wife I love my kids very much and so you know that that moment ends the next day um they uh Steven and Anna go to lunch a barbecue lunch at Matthew and his wife's house Matthew's the anesthesiologist Bill Camp mm-hmm. and while they're there Steven takes a phone call from Martin from inside the house the rest of them are outside like eating by the barbecue we see Anna seeing him through the window on the phone and is clearly like wondering what's going on we hear over the phone that Martin is asking Stephen to meet him at that same diner that they were at before. And mm-hmm. Stephen's like, I can't. I'm, I'm busy right now. And he's like, what, what are you doing? You at, are you at the hospital? Is someone, are you in surgery? Is it really busy? Like, uh, just come meet me for 10 minutes. I got you a slice of apple pie. Like, come meet me at the diner. Don't like, I don't understand why you can't meet me. Like, really not OK with the fact that Stephen isn't able to leave where he's at and meet him at this diner. Uh, hangs up. Comes back outside and uh, Matthew then says to Stephen, he's like, oh, I saw that kid, that schoolmate of your uh, of your daughter's at the hospital the other day I, I, in the parking garage. I th- he looks like he was like wandering around where your car is. Mm. And Stephen says, no, that's not possible. That that couldn't 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 have been him. And he says, well, sure. Couldn't looked, have been. Sure looked a lot like him. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, that wouldn't um, that, that wouldn't have been him. That night, Kim comes home from school, uh, walks up to her dad, gives him a hug and says, Dad, guess who I saw? Guess who I saw at school. Um, I saw Martin. And he says, Mar- Martin, Martin, who? <laughs> she says, Mar- you know, the boy who came to dinner, the son of your ex-patient. He's, she says, he took me on his friend's motorcycle and like rode around on his motorcycle. And oh, boy. Stephen says, oh, well, why didn't you why didn't you invite him inside? And she says, oh, he he I did. But he had to get on. He has somewhere he has to be. And Stephen is clearly not comfortable with this. Then we cut to outside and we see that. No, Martin did not leave. Martin is sitting on the motorcycle, just staring at their house in the dark. Ew. Barry Keegan's face, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like. His performance is unbelievable. It's so oh, good. What does he look like? He's a very he's a very creepy looking guy. I also find him hot. 
He is hot. He's a perfect. I'm like thrilled that he's an actor and we get to. He's, I'm thrilled that he's an actor. <laughs> and, and like the way his. So in this movie, he's like always sort of like leaning forward a little bit. And he has like a bit of a lisp and his upper lip like always comes out a bit over his bottom lip. Yeah. And he like doesn't really look up a ton. He'll like talk and then he looks up when he's done. It's just like his vibe is just fucking weird. Yeah. Yep. I hate it. Yep. I hate this. And he like takes a lot of deep breaths when he, he'll like say something and be like, <sighs> it's this. just like, it's, uh, uh, it's fascinating. Um, the next day they're all, it's the morning. They're in the kitchen. Kim, Steven and Anna are on the kitchen getting ready for the day. And Steven says, where's Bob? It's, he's got to get ready for school. And Anna says, well, he likes to like sit in bed for a little bit before he gets up. Just let him take his time. And Steven says, he's going to be late for school. I need to go get him. So he goes upstairs and we see Bob sitting on the bed. And like sitting up in bed and Stephen says, come on, Bob, you got to get ready for school. Everyone's going to leave you like I'm not going to wait around for you. And he says, I can't get up. Stephen says, come on. Yes, you can get up. Come on. We get ready for school. And he goes, I can't get up. My legs, they're numb. I can't move them. I can't stand up. It's beginning. It's beginning. It's beginning. It's beginning. So they take Bob to the hospital and they have a bunch of tests done. They take him to the neurological center. I mean, Stephen is a very like it seems very well respected cardiologist. This this big mm-hmm. hospital. We've I don't know if we've learned yet, but we know that Anna works at, in some sort of medical facility. We learned that she's um she's an ophthalmologist. So you know they're both doctors. They they know all the people at this hospital. So they take him to the neurological center. We see him having all these tests done, and they find nothing on the test and he's then he's able to walk again like they're like oh, i must have just been stressed or i don't know he's he's fine they they get him up we're like okay great he's fine no problem um mm-hmm. and so anna and uh and bob leave the hospital and we see this this long shot from way above of them <sighs> headed going down the escalator together and we just see them going down down the escalator there they go down the escalator and they get to the bottom and they take their first steps and bob collapses again oh no oh no um so they they give him an mri again they find nothing steven and anna are we see that they're still at the hospital like talking with doctors just being like what is the deal what's going on with bob Steven is really determined to be like, run the test again. Like, we have to, it's got to be something in these tests. Like, what's going on? Um, we see, we cut away. And that at that same time, Kim is with Martin riding around on his motorcycle. Oh, so you like see that. her like leaning her little head against his oh, back, clearly just like, like in love. So oh. She is signing off her diary every yep. single night. Good night to you. I love you. <laughs> Good night, Good night, night to you. I love Good you. Good night, Martin. I love you, Martin. Um, <laughs> I hope you love me. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Sort of like totally normal stuff. <laughs> um, so Bob stays overnight at the hospital and they're like, we're just going to keep him overnight, see see what's going on. Anna seems calmer about the... Anna, Anna seems both at this point are like, it's going to be fine. You know, she's like... We're I'm not all, freaking out yet. We're not freaking out yet. Um, you know, we did all the tests. There's nothing on the test. This, this is probably fine. She says, you know, I'm going to bring him... Uh, those donuts he likes so much in the morning, it's all mm-hmm. going to be fine. Mm-hmm. When they arrive in the hospital in the morning, Stephen and Anna, they walk into Bob's hospital room. And who should be there but Martin? They didn't spend the night with Bob? That's just surprising to me. They didn't. 
They probably like waited until he was asleep and then came back in the morning. I don't that's know. weird. That's a huge. That's honestly a huge flag for I me. Know. Yeah, I think somebody probably should have stayed the night. Or maybe maybe they did. But Anna like left and got donuts. She like went to get the donuts. So okay. maybe okay. they stayed the night, but they left to get the donuts and came back in. Not very important, but immediately takes me out of it. I'm like, you stay the night. You obviously stay the night. Yeah. This and th- my, this might have been a moment where like. Matthew is asking them like Matthew says to Stephen do you want me to cancel your surgeries for the morning and Stephen's like no I, like I, I'm gonna keep so like they're also the implication they're trying to is be like chill they're down, trying to be chill they're trying to keep, it. keep their lives yeah. happening so yeah I think they're like it's fine it's fine so when they come in with the the box of donuts in the morning Martin is already in the room and he says I, I wanted to see Bob and Kim Kim told me about Bob and I just wanted to come and see him and I, I asked him if he uh, needed help going to the bathroom but he didn't he didn't want my help. Um, and so he wet the bed and uh, OK, well, bye. Bye, Bob. See you later. And as he walks out of the room, he w- comes up to Stephen and whispers in his ear, come meet me in the cafeteria. I need to talk to you. And Stephen's like, I'm very busy. And he's just like, no, don't come. Meet me. Don't stand me up like last time. You have to come meet me. So up in the cafeteria. Uh, Steven sits down with Martin and Martin gives him a, a box. He's like, I got you a gift. You're always getting me gifts. I haven't gotten you any gift. I felt bad about that. So I got you a gift. It's it's a Swiss army knife. Oh, I shouldn't have told you. That's so stupid. I just told you what the gift was. And Steven's like, it's okay. Uh, thank you. Um, and he's like, you know, I, Martin, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really too busy to, to be here. I really need to get back. I, I've got patients. I've got things I need to attend to. And so Martin's like, okay, well, I need to. Um, I need to tell you something, but, you know, I'll, I'll be quick, even though you've been devoting less and less time to me lately. Um, OK, I wrote all this down verbatim because this part is very important. Also, in this moment, we were watching this the other night and Joel was making dinner while I like was watching the beginning of the movie. And so this is about when dinner was ready. And so I went to pause. and was like, oh, great. We should like now we should have dinner and then we'll get back into it. And Joel was like, you're about to find out everything like he was like this is a crazy moment to like literally there's like there's the moment before this and the movie after and it's like this is the moment but um so yeah he says uh I'll, I'll, i'll be quick even though you've been devoting less and less time to me lately i'm sorry about bob and conferral says it's nothing serious no it is the that critical moment we both knew would come someday here it is that time is now you know what I mean. And he says, no, I, I don't. Listen, Martin, I, I don't have time for this. And so I'm going to try to do this as he does it because this part is so fucking good. He goes, okay, I'm going to explain this very quickly so that I don't hold you up. Yes, it's exactly what you think. Just as you killed a member of my family, now you got to kill a member of your family. Balance things out. Understand? I can't tell you who to kill, of course. That's for you to decide. But if you don't do it, they will all get sick and die. Bob will die. Kim will die. Your wife will die. They will all get sick and die. One, paralysis of the limbs. Two, refusal of food to the point of starvation. Three, bleeding from the eyes. Four, death. One, two, three, four. Don't worry. You won't get sick. You just got to stay calm. That's all. There. I said it as quickly as I could. I hope I haven't kept you too long. (laughs) Oh, my God. And he oh says, my God. <laughs> oh, uh, one more thing. I'm, I'll be very quick. You only have a few days to decide who to kill. Once stage three kicks in, you remember what stage three is? It's uh, bleeding from the eyes. Once stage three kicks in, it's only a matter of hours before they die. Okay, there. I have nothing more to say. Unless, <laughs> unless oh you have any God. questions. Oh, Man, my it's God. It's freaking genius. Yorgos, how do you do it? 
How do you do I it? I don't think it's genius. I hate it. What's the point? I think it's Why genius. are we doing this to ourselves? I hate it. I hate it. I reject it. I reject it fully <laughs> from my body. It's I accept it. Fucking wild. This sequence happens at around the 49 minute mark and oh by the way I didn't mention this before you can view this movie on Netflix I think for the next like week or so I uh, I highly recommend go to the 49 minute mark and watch this moment it is whew, I rewatched it again right before we did this because I was just like I gotta remember how he delivers this fucking sequence it's insane it's also crazy how quick how you spend truly 49 minutes of this movie being like what is happening what's the and you're like getting you're like okay i think yeah like steven maybe is responsible for his dad's death or he i was a surgeon or something weird and like mark but then it's just like here's the deal and here's what's gonna happen like we don't we do not beat around the bush it's just like okay so yeah you all your family's gonna die unless just you like do something a about complete it. Like, one, a complete 180 and like the amount of knowledge the audience has like just in one moment <laughs> and because of the nature of like how this is like he, it is literally delivered that quickly where he's like okay yeah. I'll, i won't waste your time one two three four your family's gonna die they're gonna like it's just like Oh, oh my fucking fuck. God. Oh my God. So we see security escorting Martin out of the hospital. Oh my God. Um I'm Steven ma- goes I'm like mad. I'm like mad at you, Emily, and I'm mad I'm at really you. Sorry. I'm really sorry. I was mad at Sammy. I was mad at Sammy, so I get it. I understand. I'm angry. Um I was also really mad at Yorgos. Uh as this uh, when this movie ended, I was like, I do this thing where when someone makes a movie that I think is too fucked up, you guys know this. I'm truly like I get mad and I'm like, what is I like what is wrong with you? Like I'm like, what's what the fuck is your problem? And I really <laughs> felt that way. Um like I felt like m- recently my mom watched um the new S- Spider-Man movie, which I haven't seen, but she was really upset. <laughs> at all of the violence like i guess there's like it's an action movie so there's like violence in it and she was like i just don't understand like why who would like that like why would you like why i just don't understand what that's for which is because like i'm fucking obsessed with action movies and i will watch i will watch action violence like all day every day and it does not affect me something like this i too was like why would anybody make this movie who is this for like what why this is just like not acceptable that anyone would do this and it just reminded me um, but it isn't acceptable, and I don't, and I, and I don't like it. But so Stephen goes uh, back up to Bob's room, and he says to Anna, "Has he eaten?" And she says, uh, "No, he 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 doesn't have an appetite." And if you recall, <gasps> oh boy, we're at stage two already. We're at stage two. Holy shit! So, Honestly, kill Anna. Sorry. <laughs> I, I thought too the whole time i was like just kill anna like just just, just kill, kill anna um, i'm just, sorry just, but like kill your wife you, that is kind of what you have to do if your two children are an adult you just kill the adult i think well they're all gonna make sorry. arguments we'll see how, gonna, yeah we're all stay tuned all gonna, stay tuned okay stay tuned okay. we got we it's maybe they don't think it's so simple but i mean in my in my imagination i'm the wife obviously like that i don't think i would necessarily be like yeah no just kill well maybe i would I, I like, kind of think I would. I think that many people would, but I think I would just be like, "Yeah, kill me." Of course, I would do that if it was me or my kids. Yeah, just kill me. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so he, yeah, he comes back and he finds out that Bob hasn't eaten, and so then he tries to force feed Bob this donut. He's like, "Come on, you love this. You love no, this no, donut. No, like, no, 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 like, no, 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 he's like shoving okay. it in his mouth. Okay, he, we get it. We don't because you know it. he's just like so sorry. He's just like so fucking. Pan- he's like it, this cannot. Yeah, he's panicked. He's trying to he can't be real. Prove it and just be like, nope, you're you're yeah. eating. You're eating. Yeah. This is like whatever fucking whatever Martin told me. Like that's not that's not true. 
Um, oof. we cut to then a scene of um, then Martin and Kim are hanging out in in Kim's bedroom. She's like sit there just talking, and she like has her arm around him. He asks her if she's on her period right now. She says she's oh, not. God, oh, gross. So she goes to uh, her bed. She takes her clothes. She's still wearing a like bra and underwear. Um, but she takes her clothes off, and he tells her that she's the most beautiful girl he's ever seen. But uh, then he leaves. No, they don't do anything. He like, just seems he's like disappointed. Too bad we can't be together because one of I'm your someone in your family, kill your whole family. <laughs> <laughs> your family um, needs to die. <laughs> also, I just wanted to point out this actress. She's great. She it, it was 14 at the time of filming, and uh, Barry Keegan's 24. So pretty weird. Whoa! I mean, nothing. It's 24. Happens. Well, now he's like 30. That's not oh, true. That's not how time I, works. I, that, he does not seem that old. 26. No, the, he, I think he's oh. like 29 now. Something like that. 28, 29. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. 2017 was five years ago? Four years? Five years, five years ago. Five. Yeah, 29. He's 29. He's 29. 29. 29. Wait, when's his birthday? He's a Libra. October 18th. Oh, October 18th. Um, I don't know why I thought he was an Aries, but that's somebody else. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> that's somebody else. There's somebody else in the world. There's I somebody out there. Who's an Aries. That's right. So... At the hospital, Stephen is then demanding that all the tests be done again on Bob. He's like, we missed something. We have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Anna's saying, there's no, you know, it's been 24 hours. The tests are nothing has changed. And they uh, there was like a team of doctors and she and they are also like, you know, it seems pretty clear this is some sort of psychosomatic disorder. And then Stephen is like pretty rude to her and says like, well, you're an ophthalmologist. Like, you'll understand if I don't like take your word as as fact oh, uh like sort of disrespecting her branch of medicine that she oh, couldn't boy. possibly know as well as he does um some friction in the family starting s- starting mm-hmm. to create some friction steven is just refusing to accept that they can't find out what's wrong um we see him put a needle in in bob's spine doing some sort mm-hmm. of spine needle test that i really hated seeing yeah mm-hmm. then we see steven wheeling bob down uh the hall in uh wheelchair we saw a moment of this in the trailer and he he picks him up out of the wheelchair and is like come on bob let's go let's walk we're just gonna walk and he like picks him up and starts like trying to put him down on his feet and he can't and it, it's actually it's like very impressive physical acting for from children. the kid yeah i feel uh, like yeah, yeah. it really is just yeah. to be like go completely limp yeah. like it's like that's that would not be easy to do no your, um, no, your brain you have to fight all your instincts yeah, exactly scary yeah, the kids are really good in this i think the kids are very very good yeah um but yeah so he's like you know dragging him down the hall and then trying to like put weight on his feet and, and he can't and he falls and it's really fucking upsetting and Steven sits in the ground with him and he he says, like, OK, if this is an act, if this is an act, we're not going to be mad. Just like, you know, just ple- like you can you can tell me and you can stop doing this. Like, it's fine. We're not going to be mad. I promise. And the kid's like, it's not an act. And Steven says, OK, OK, let's play a game. We're going to play a game where um, I'm going to tell you a secret. And then you're going to tell me a secret and we'll just keep going until somebody has the until best Until you secret. admit that you're faking it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, and, but I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, <sighs> he goes, when I was a kid and I first started masturbating, 
I would only ever ejaculate like a little drop. Like I don't, it'll only be like a little <laughs> okay. drop. And I, oh my god. Also imagine this with like Colin Farrell's Irish accent, which I'm, I don't even think I can possibly attempt in this moment. But um, I would only get like a little drop, and it made me really nervous. I was like really nervous about. It. I thought something was wrong with me, and, and I, I felt like it didn't make sense that I would only get just like a little bit. So one night, um, when my dad was asleep, I I snuck into his room and. I, I put my hand on his penis and I just stroked it until he ejaculated and so much came out that it just really scared me and I left the room and I've never told anybody that. Okay, your turn. What's your secret? Oh my God. I think what? the thing in your ghost is like the complete lack of boundaries on everybody's parts. It's like nothing. And the like casual, like the flatness with which yes. they all reveal these things right. to each other. It's like not the tone of revealing a secret. It's like, here's a matter of fact, horrifying thing that absolutely should not be shared between father and son. Father and son or anyone, to be completely honest. (laughs) And yeah, that like complete lack of boundaries is very unsettling. Just people so casually, even though like period stuff, like just so being. Yeah. I mean, like I just got my first period to a stranger. It's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, no. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. Yeah. Then Bob goes, Bob's like, I don't. I don't have. I don't have anything like. That. I don't have, I don't have anything, anything like that. <laughs> and so then Stephen says, tries a new tactic, and he goes, "Okay, Bob, Bob, here's the thing: if this is an act, you got to tell me now because you will not just. Be, if I find out this is an act, you you are going to be in so much trouble. You're not just going to be. It's not just going to be grounding. It's not just going to be no TV for two months. I will get my. I will get my razor. I will shave your head, and I will make you eat your hair. I'm not joking. Oh I will literally God. make you eat your own hair. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Bob just looks at me and just goes, it's not an act. Oh, oh he, already, he had Bob. like a fucking, he's, no, it's not an act. Um, then we see Kim in choir practice. They're inexplicably singing Christmas music. This is like not a Christmas movie, but they're singing the song, the, um, uh, the, oh, that's scary. That should be in every horror movie, honestly. Yeah, truly, it really is scary. But so she's like singing and it goes on for a while and it's like, they're pretty great choir for kids it's like sounds great and they're singing and they're singing and they're doing it and we're like up focused on kim's face and in the middle of the song she collapses yep oh man and oh the dread in this moment oh the dread oh no 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 like you know it's crazy how you can know what's coming and still like like when she collapses i truly was like no okay so it might be around now that i had i guess i had like twisted my ankle or something the day before like i woke up this day and my ankle was sore it felt like bruised but i was like i didn't knock it on anything it was just like weirdly sore and i couldn't remember what i had done i probably twisted it because i do that all the time i have like very wobbly ankles (laughs) but so i was sitting on the couch and my and my ankle was really hurting in like this weird way and I was filled with such dread and I I truly in this moment was like is it something's wrong with me yeah something's wrong with me this could just happen mm-hmm. like this I'm mm-hmm. get, like something is wrong I'm gonna like, fall, it, that's, fall off the couch the dread of this movie somehow convinced me that I was getting sick yep that's okay, how well, deep I'll- it ran I'm really telling you I'll have you guys know my body has been clenched through this entire process, yes. as you are aware. I hope you don't One get of the any parts of that numb, numbness from that clenching. My feet have been in a weird position on the on my chair, and I just moved them, and they're completely numb. Oh <laughs> like, no! Completely I'm numb. really sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, 
you know, when you've just been holding your feet in a very intense position for a long time, that's what I was just doing. And they're numb. And now all the all the feelings rushing back and it's tingling and it's horrible. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'm that's really a bad, I'm gonna, bad sensation um, to have. It's bad timing. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get you through this, Henley. I'm going to try to get you through this. Um, yeah. Can we fucking. Yeah, I'm just going to fucking blow through it. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So then, you know, we cut to the hospital. Kim is in a hospital bed next to Bob. They're both in there. They've got uh, she's also refusing to eat. She like <laughs> Stephen tries to get her to take a bite of an apple. And so she like tries to and you see it in her mouth and she's just like, like, just like Blah. doesn't want to get it down. So Stephen goes to Martin's house. We see him outside banging on the door trying to get in. Be like, Martin, I know you're in there. He says, if anything happens to my family, you will die in prison. You will die in prison, Martin. <laughs> Nobody answers. Um, but so then that night, he and Anne are sitting down outside the hospital and he finally explains to her what is going on. Um, he says, mm-hmm. uh, Martin's dad, she says, what happened? Like, how did how did his dad die? He says he was 46. Uh, he had a stroke on the table. She says, were you drinking that day? He says, yeah, I had like two drinks, but that's not what it was. <laughs> and uh, he had been seeing, she says, how long have you been seeing Martin? He says, I've been seeing him for about six months, um, but it's been getting, he's been getting like weirder and weirder. I just, I felt bad for him. Really? Yeah, and there's got to be more, there's got to be more to it. Is there not more to it than that? I just feel. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, I think I, I mean, I think they because he tells her then he's like, you know, it's it, I was drinking. But yeah, but it's, you know, it, a surgeon can't can never kill a patient. It's always anesthesiologist like, I, you know, I, I you know, okay. Martin, he doesn't his family doesn't have that much money. And, and like I was, you know, I felt like I was helping out. It's really that he felt guilty that he is the reason his dad died. And I think I think the implication here is that at some point, Martin started really reaching out to him and like leaning on him and being like guilting him and I don't have a dad and please hang out with me. And it just sort of got ramped up and up and up and got like weirder and weirder until we've mm-hmm. hit this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that like Steven allowed it because he felt guilty about the fact that it's probably his fault that this kid's dad is dead. Mm-hmm. I also kind of feel like because Steven was not interested in leaving his family and marrying Martin's mom. That's like seems to have been the test that was like, okay, here's your out. Cause it's like right after that, it's like, yeah. all right, I'll start killing your family. Then you had an option to be my dad and you, did, now, and you didn't yeah, do that would have solved it. Uh, I need some sort of retribution. Yeah. And, and a thing that I truly love about this movie, I will say we never once worry about how this is possible. Like, we don't ask. It's just happening. Yeah. Does yeah. Martin have special powers? How is he making this happen? What's the deal? It's just like, this is happening. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is happening. And everyone, mm-hmm. ex- like, everyone accepts it to be true. When he tells Anna, she's like, this is happening. The next day at the hospital, their kids are in their beds and Kim's phone rings and it's Martin. He's calling her from the parking lot. He tells her to come to the window and wave to him. So she gets up out of bed stands mm. walks to the window waves at him comes back over and gets back in bed mm. uh, martin or then bob tries to get up he's like why can she stand he tries to get up he can't mm. and then it seems pretty clear that immediately anna or like kim can't any again either mm. so anna's like who was that finds out it was martin she grabs her phone she's like don't talk to martin anymore kim in this moment kim and bob both seem to understand what's going on and why Kim says to Anna, she's like, it's okay, mom. Like, when your legs start to hurt, all you have to do is just make sure you have everything you need within reach. You'll see. You'll understand. So is it, it's like we're led to believe that um, Martin 
gave Kim back the ability to walk just to be able to wave at him and then took, mm-hmm. took it away again. And then took it away again. Okay. But then also they're weirdly like, she's like weirdly at peace with it. She she's is like, weirdly at peace with well, it. Well, she has a big crush on yeah. him, Henley. She's got a big oh, okay. crush on him. Okay. So Anna then goes to visit Martin at his house. And, and plead with him. And he, meanwhile, is I think it's like the morning because he says he has to get ready for school, but he's eating a big plate of spaghetti, this which is, is a fucking genius choice. My favorite scene. Yeah, everybody should watch the spaghetti scene, too. You can find it on YouTube. <laughs> um, she so she just says to him, like, you know, if if I if my husband was responsible for your father's death out of a mistake or some negligence, I, I just don't understand why me and my children have to pay the price. Like, just really trying to emotionally, like, plead with him. He said, he's eating spaghetti, and he goes, everybody told me I eat spaghetti just like my dad. They said, look at the boy. He eats spaghetti just like his father. He puts his fork down, he spins it, he brings it to his mouth. But then I realize everybody eats spaghetti the exact same way. <laughs> That's the way that everybody eats spaghetti. <laughs> and that made me very upset, very upset. I'm more upset than, than, when my, than when he died. And, you know, I don't know if what is happening is fair. But it's the only thing I can think of that's close to justice. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I got to get ready for school. If I'm late, I'll be had. And and just like gets up and gets ready for school. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's such mm-hmm. a great scene. It's like performance in this, like the most unsettling eating of spaghetti. I feel like you've ever, it's just getting mm-hmm. all it's over so his face. Sinister. <laughs> he's so messy mm-hmm. with it. Oh my God. Ew. It's a really creepy scene. I mean, yeah, all, all, all of the scenes are, but all the scenes are creepy. <laughs> if he's in it, it's creepy. There are just no social norms. He doesn't care about any social norms. You can't, uh, you can't appeal to his no. emotions at no, all. That's obviously. this is not happening. Um, so then Anna meets up with Matthew, the anesthesiologist, because she's like, I need to get some information on what the fuck happened here. She's like, Do you remember this guy? Do you remember the case? Um, and at first he's saying they're like at a restaurant or something. At first he's like, I, you know, I, I don't know. We've a, we see a lot of patients and she's like, he's, she's asking him to give her the file. And he's like, I can't, I can't just give you the file. And then he says, but you know what? I actually, I do remember this guy and I, you know, I could tell you what I know, uh, what I remember about it, but what am I going to get in return? Oh God. What? And she says, um, what I couldn't give you when we came over for lunch that day. And he says, oh. when? And she says, now. Cut to, they're in her car, and she's jerking him off Ew. while he tells her what he remembers Ew. about this Great. case. And he's like, he was drinking. Uh, I think I was the only one who noticed, but, you know, it wasn't really that unusual. That, like, happens a lot. It's so crazy we you know. how there can be no just normal scene. It's like every, There's no every normal step scene. of the no. way has to be so Truly, uncomfortable. In this moment, I was like, when he, he's just getting, like, jerked off in the seat of a car, like, and she's just like, like it's like so it's like so unsexual it's just like she's just like fucking doing it i truly i i was so upset i was so i just like who would want this like i was just I really fucking upset but <laughs> he says he repeats like a line that steven had said earlier and he goes you know when when someone dies it's never the anesthesiologist's fault it's always a surgery <laughs> right mm-hmm. um they bring the kids home and put them in hospital beds in the house. They've taken them out of the hospital. They have feeding tubes like going into their noses. They're both very like awake and alert, but they're just they're not eating, so they're having to be fed this like formula. 
that night, Stephen and Anna are in the kitchen. He is eating. She's like sitting on the kitchen counter, just staring at him. Um, oh, oh, I forgot one thing that uh, in the spaghetti scene, Martin says like, oh, I probably shouldn't be the one to tell you this. But, you know, ever since my 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 father died, um, uh, your husband's really been flirting with my mom and she loves his hands. She loves his clean white hands. And <laughs> oh, I don't know, I, I probably shouldn't be the one to tell you this, but they, he's just been like really flirting with my mom. Um, so that <laughs> night. Steven is eating dinner, trying to act like everything's normal. And he's like, it's good that we brought the kids home. Like, it's better than them being at the hospital. And I, <laughs> I think normal. they're doing better. I think they're doing better. And, and um, you know, we should probably take them to the beach house and get them some some fresh beach air. And you know what I've really been craving lately? I've really been craving mashed potatoes. Could you make me some mashed potatoes tomorrow? And she's just staring at him. And she goes, you do have beautiful hands. I've never noticed it before. But everybody's been telling me lately, you have such beautiful hands. <laughs> oh, God. Too bad that you're just an incompetent small man. He's like getting upset and he's like what's going on and she's like yeah i mean our kids are dying but let's go to the beach house let me make you some fucking mashed potatoes <laughs> and he's like what do you suggest i do like what do you want me to do oh 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 i know i know uh i need to get um the teeth of a crocodile and the blood of a pigeon and the pubes of a virgin and bring them out into the sunrise and burn them in the air and <laughs> and he starts being like okay great where's the teeth where's the teeth and he starts like opening all the kitchen drawers and being like i need to find pubes and like he's throwing glasses and like breaking things and it's like do we keep them in here do we keep them in here just causing like total fucking chaos he goes up to her and he's like um come on come on give me your pubes oh wait you don't have any it's just like oh my god fucking crazed at this point that then uh that we see them go to bed that night like silently next to each other we see in the darkness he gets up out of bed the next morning he wakes her up and his knuckles are bloodied and he like wakes her up and he's like come on come you need to come see this so steven takes anna down to the basement where we see he has martin uh tied up clearly beaten sitting in a chair mm -hmm. in the basement and mm -hmm. he says to anna he's like we're just gonna keep him here until the kids get better he's just gonna have to stay here until the kids get better that'll mm -hmm. work that'll work mm -hmm. um so anna leaves uh, Steven says to Martin, he's like, are you happy knowing that, like, do you think your mom would be proud of you that you're a murderer? And Martin says, well, the murderer, both in my father's case and in this one, is you. And mm -hmm. so Steven punches him in the face, knocks a tooth out, his mouth is all bloody. Martin then grabs, Martin's like, I just want, just let me, I just let me explain to you, like, I just feel like you need me to explain to you, like, what what is going on here? And so he grabs Steven's arm and bites down really fucking hard and makes him bleed. Uh, Steven backs away and like is holding his arm and, and Martin goes, what could I do to make this better? What could I do? I can't take it back. Should I like, should I just like rub my hand on the wound? Would that make it better? No, that's not going to make it better. That would probably really hurt because it would probably hurt to open wound. <laughs> so what can I do to make it better? And then he bites down into his own arm really fucking hard. I wasn't watching at this point. I went and covered my eyes. But yeah, you hear what yeah. sounds like him removing like a chunk of flesh from his own oh, arm. Oh, God. Okay. And he goes, see, do you understand? It's metaphorical. I mean, it's <laughs> symbolic. Oh, my God. Then from we see Anna is out like cleaning blood out of the trunk of the car because he clearly like kidnapped Martin and put him in the trunk of his car and we hear a shot go off. She goes back to the basement. Steven is holding a shotgun. He clearly just shot Martin in the leg and he's holding the shotgun up to his head and it's going to kill him. And Martin says, I mean, you kill me, but it won't solve anything. You know, like, it, you know, one bullet, there'll be only one bullet, but four, four dead. They'll wonder how did one 
one shot go out before people died. Meaning, like, if he kills Martin, it's still going to be Bob, right. Anna, Sorry. and Kim already, all dead. Already in motion. So he doesn't shoot him. Um, upstairs, Kim and Bob are sitting in their little home hospital room. And Kim, it, it's weird. Kim seems to have some sort of, like, deep connection to Martin. They're, like, like she's, like, very aware of what's happening to him. Like, psychic level. Yeah, even when they're, like, not together. Because she says to Bob, she goes, Dad is right not to kill Martin. Because it would be, like, you know, one bullet and four people dead. You know, what's the point in that? And she goes... I'm I'm sorry, Bob. That you're you're probably gonna die. Like they're gonna probably choose you. Um, and what? Bob's like, well, Dad what? said he was gonna get me a, a piano. Like they're basically just like lobbying for who it seems like their parents love more. <laughs> oh my god! Because they know that one of them is gonna die. Being like, no, it's gonna be you that's gonna die. No, it's gonna be. I'm sorry, that it's gonna be you. <laughs> oh they love me more. And he's like, but why would they tell me they're getting me a piano if I'm gonna die? I think it's gonna be you. And she says, man, I keep losing my MP3 player. I don't know how I keep losing my MP3 players. I've lost two MP3 players. Bob, when you die, can I have your MP3 player? <laughs> like it's so hard. The tone of it is so funny. There are some. There are so many like very funny moments, but it's also just like so so fucking twisted, deeply upsetting. Well, it's well, it's like has he like gotten in her head? Like he's like controlling her thoughts too, kind of. Or is she just also is everyone in this universe? I think she's just obsessed with him. Yeah, everyone in this universe is like psychotic, kind of. Everyone, yeah, and she's just obsessed with him. And loves but no him. one is that obsessed with anyone where they're just... Tenley, let me I show mean, you this diary. I'm <laughs> telling you, nothing could make more sense to me. Honestly, her character is the most reasonable one in this whole movie to me. Um, but it's mainly just like, I think they all... The kids especially seem to really accept this as fact. They like un, They like know this is just what's happening and they like don't question it one bit. They're like, dad's going to have to kill one of us. Like... That's just going to have to kill one of us. That's just what it is. And I like, there's no other way around that's it. That's part of what takes the scariness out of it is because no one, like, seems that scared. Like, yeah. they're all, they're yeah. a little, like, I don't know, confused. I guess maybe the parents seem more scared. But you know what I mean? It's like, no one's like, fuck, 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 we're going to die. Like, we need to. That, I always hate that the most. There's I no, hate like, it when getting around feeling... it. No one's like, how do we not. Except for Steven. <laughs> Steven's the only one who's like, keeps being like, oh, I could kidnap Martin. I could do like, I can mm-hmm. still will this to not be the case. I can find a solution. I can find a cure. Everyone else is like, this is happening. One of us is going to fucking die or all of us are going to die. Mm-hmm. Like it, okay. everybody else, even Anna at this point is sort of just like, there's not like, what, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. We're just one of us is going to die. We have to okay. like, just do that. So then, oh God, this is so sad. We see Bob dragging himself through the house also like you saw this a little bit in the trailer when the kids like move through the house they crawl they like army crawl with their arms and like pull themselves through the house with their little like mermaid bodies like Mm -hmm. it's so fucking sad we see bob dragging himself through the house he goes into a cabinet gets a pair of scissors and it's not as bad as what i thought it was gonna be he just starts cutting his hair and he cuts his hair short and then he crawls himself into the kitchen and says dad Dad, uh, I'm sorry for not cutting my hair before. Look, I, I cut my hair now and it, it really is so much better. You were right. I don't know what I was thinking. It was it was always getting in my face and it was too hot. And like, this really is so much better. And I'm really, really glad I cut my hair. And Stephen <sighs> carries him back to bed. And as he's carrying him back to bed, he says, Dad, by the way, I've been thinking and I want to be a cardiologist like you when I grow up. I, that's <laughs> okay. like what I that's what I want to want to be. I just think it's what you do is really important. And that's what I want to be when I grow up. Oh okay. my God, I love it. <laughs> then, we, <laughs> then we see Stephen um, 
completely break down. He's, he's like alone in another room and he just is sobbing. Aww. Because I think this is the moment of him being like, I have to kill someone. I have to kill someone. Yeah. In my family. Mm-hmm. There's no, I, I have to. And so then we get probably the most delightful scene of the whole movie, which is then Steven goes, the next day he goes to visit the kid's principal at school and he starts asking him, like, okay, how do, how do they do in school? Like, who's basically he's like, who's smarter? <laughs> <laughs> and what? the principal's like, well, Bob is, Bob is great in math and science. He like really is doing very well. But oh, <laughs> Kim, Kim just wrote this fabulous essay in, in her, actually, it's an essay on Ephigenia, which is the mm. freak tra- or story of the space. Somebody's like, wrote a great essay. And, and he's like, okay, well, who misbehaves more? Like, who gets in more trouble? <laughs> he's like, I don't really get many notes from either of their teacher. I mean, like, sure, certain little things, but like, like nobody's really causing problems and so he goes okay so fine um if you had to say you like one of them better okay. which one do you think you like better and the principal's like uh, i don't i don't know that i could answer that oh my god just gathering the facts just like okay mm-hmm. fine which kid mm-hmm. which kid should i kill, so which kid to kill? <laughs> we see then anna brings the kids down into the basement while while steven is out and she tends to martin's wounds she like wraps up his shot wound she puts some alcohol on it she's like cleaning him up then oh she like bends down and kisses his bare bloody feet she like kisses the top of his feet uh. and then he just says to her she like goes to take the kids back out. He's like, "Thank you for bringing them to see me. That was really nice of you to bring them to see me." And then as she's leaving, he goes, "Anna, if you're going to do something, it better be fast. The boy's about to die." Oh no! Oh no! That night, Anna and Stephen oh, are laying no. in bed. She tries. She takes off all her clothes. This time, all her clothes. You see, naked Nicole Kidman. What a bod! She <laughs> lays down naked on the bed, like anesthesia, anes- general anesthesia style. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. he doesn't, he just like turns the light off. And so she comes over and like lays next to him. And she says, I've been thinking and and I believe the most logical thing to do would be to kill a child because, oh, you know, we can God. have another, you know, I, I can probably get pregnant again. And if not, we could do IVF. And, and so I, you know, I, I think probably that's the answer is we have to kill a child. Yeah. Notoriously replaceable. Yeah. This is, um, it's never been more obvious that this was not written by a mother <laughs> like ever in the history of time. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, in the middle of the night, we see this is a very interesting sequence and it's, it's going to be a little hard to describe, but we see Kim. She crawls her way down to the basement. She lights up a cigarette, gives it to Martin. She's talking with Martin and she's like, they're all asleep. Like, we can run away together. Um, all you have to do is to make me better. And he's like not talking. And she's like, just come on. Just and nothing's happening. She's like, you're not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. You need to make me better. And she starts grabbing things in the reach and throwing them at him and is like, make me better. He's not doing it. All of this is overcut. Uh, like, we see the parents wake up and realize that Kim's not in her bed. And so they're, like, walking through each of her house, turning the lights on, looking for her, looking for her. We also see this is also intercut with she's sitting on the couch with them and her knees are really bloody and they're, like, cleaning her knees. And she, we're hearing this voiceover, which is happening as she's sitting on the couch with them, saying... Father, I would do anything for you. Please forgive my sins. Like, I-, I would do anything for you and my and my wonderful mother and my wonderful brother. Like, please kill me. Let me be the one to die. You know, I, I just love you so much. I would do anything for you. Please kill me. I, I should be the one. You-, you, Father, like, you you guys are my masters. I love you more than anything in the world. Just getting, like, real, just, like, that's her tactic is just being, like, I'm the purest of heart mm-hmm. child. Um, but meanwhile, they're, like, going through the house looking for her. They can't find her. 
they go into the basement. They're screaming. He screams at Marnie. He's like, "What? where is she? Like, what did she do with her? There, we see them walking down the street and the sidewalk in their neighborhood at night trying to find her. And they find her just like crawling down the sidewalk, which is why her knees got all bloody. Uh... Ugh. The next morning, Stephen comes home. He just went to get more feeding formula for the kids. Anna's sitting in the kitchen. And uh, she says "I that she let Martin go. He's like, where's Martin? She's like, I let him go. And Stephen gets really mad. And she sa- she goes, it's not going to make any difference. It's not going to solve anything. We yeah. both know that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> then Anna is in the kids' room. She's like cleaning, giving Bob a little like, you know, hospital bath. She's like washing his little legs. And uh, Kim says, did you tell dad about the time that I was rude to you at the hospital? And a- Anna's like, of course I did. I, uh, of course I, I told your father that. So Kim's being like, please don't like you ratted me out. Now he's going to want to kill me. <laughs> oh um, and so Kim gets mad and she says to her mom, she goes, do your legs hurt? Do your feet hurt? Does your spine hurt? Are they numb? Has it started? And Anna goes over and slaps her in the face. And it's just what? like, whew, Anna, everyone is Nicole doing Kingman. badly. Ben, Kim and Bob are in their room and we are just focused on Bob's face. He's sitting in his, his wheelchair. This shot is, I don't know how they pulled this off. I truly don't know how they did this. It's incredible and awful. Um, I'm really sorry, Henley. So we're uh, looking at Bob. He's sitting there and his eyes start to maybe get a little watery. And then no. it's like they're kind of no. it's slowly getting like pink and no. then slowly yeah. getting red. And then blood it. just starts pooling and oh falling from his eyes. It is horrifying. You guys know that Billie Eilish music video where blue. Yes, it's, it's like exactly that. like that. And but it's blood. But it's blood. But I think it's the I same. It. It, it has to be like somewhat real. Like they put tubes in his eyes or something like they had to do. So it's crazy. I don't know. It's like because you watch it. Just you're just slow on him. Like you don't cut away. You just like watch it happening. Yeah. And Kim is in a wheelchair. They have, they have like little wheelchairs so they can run around. And Kim just goes, Dad, Bob's dying. Dad, come on. <laughs> oh, Bob's dying. My. Oh, my God. <laughs> So then Steven is cleaning Bob's eyes. He's like, what? It's so sad. Oh, and it's so horrifying. And he's just sitting with Bob and he's like wiping the blood from his eyes. And Bob says, Dad, how many best friends do you have? He says, I, I don't I don't know. And he says, I have I have three best friends. And he's like, that's that's great. Bob, it's, it's important <laughs> to have best friends. Steven goes upstairs then uh, and to get Anna and. He's like, come to the living room. And she says, I think I'm going to wear that black dress that you really like. And he says, wear whatever you want. Um, but it's it's time. Come to the living room. And she says, are the, are the kids there? And he's like, yep, they're already there. So she comes down. We see the living room. All three of them are, their wrists are tied with duct tape. They're tied to their chairs. Duct tape over their mouths in th- sort of three separate corners of the living room and chairs Kim, Anna, and Bob. He comes over and he puts pillowcases over their heads one by one and they're all sort of like shedding little tears. The saddest one is when he goes to put it over Bob's head. Bob just like goes like and like shakes his head. He's the only one who's like, no. But he does it. He, Martin, or sorry, Stephen pulls the beanie over his head He's holding the shotgun and he just starts spinning in a circle 
Oh my god. So spinning god. in a circle. Stops. Oh my god. Shoots in a direction. Doesn't get anyone. Pulls the beanie oh. up. Looks. Realizes he didn't get anyone. Pulls Kill back yourself. Down. Kill yourself. That's, that won't that's solve not it. an option. He's, he's oh, not, that's an, not option. an option. Oh, I forgot that He has that to kill a member of his family. Yeah, it's, nothing's going to happen to him. But if he doesn't kill a member of his family, they will all die. They all die. Okay, we'll kill Anna. So Sorry. he once again, second time, spins around, spins around, spins around, spins around, shoots, pulls the beanie up. Didn't get anybody. Pulls the beanie back oh down. Oh spins around, spins around, spins oh around, spins around, spins oh around, shoots. Oh my God. Pulls the beanie up. We see from under Bob's little pillowcase. Okay. Blood start pooling. <laughs> oh my god. Pooling down his shirt and then he just slumps over. Oh my god. Slumps over. Okay. Okay. And then what I believe to be truly the next day, because uh Kim's hands are still like wrapped up in little bandages. We see uh very stoically Anna Stephen and Kim sitting at that same diner at a table. Kim is eating a big plate of fries, which she douses in ketchup, which is really upsetting after everything that's happened. <laughs> and they're just sitting at their little diner table. And Martin walks in, walks over to the bar, stands at the bar, looks at them. They're all very aware of each other. Kim is looking, locking him right in the eyes. But then, you know, Martin just sits at the bar doesn't bother them they get up they walk out of the diner as they're walking out kim turns around makes eye contact with martin can't help but give him a little smile and that's the end of the movie <laughs> this movie can go fuck itself <laughs> yeah, it i am done it absolutely I'm can done. <laughs> yeah it can go fuck itself for sure i love it i'm done they just kill they just flagrantly kill the smallest most innocent one it is unacceptable i can't believe people of greenlit this movie <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe it made it to production i'm furious at nicole kidman i'm furious at colin farrell i'm furious at both of you and yeah have having chest pains <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't need your tequila soda you didn't need your tequila soda but i don't know if you Stand by that choice. That was fucked. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really fucked. So the name Killing of a Sacred Deer comes from mm-hmm. it's it's based on this Greek uh, story of Iphigenia. Mm-hmm. And in that story, uh, Agamemnon had offended mm. offends Artemis, uh, one of the gods, goddesses. And she says she makes it so that the only way he can like repay his offense is by killing his daughter. And he eventually at the end is able to trick Artemis into thinking that he killed his daughter by killing a sacred deer instead. So that's where the title of the movie comes from. But in this movie, the choice is made that like there's no way out. You can't trick. You can't fucking trick us. It. You have to kill it. A kid. It's like. It don't work that way. You fucking kill your kid. Which is more realistic, I feel like. You Which is more realistic. You can't mistake a, a sacred deer for a child. No. I also, I really love, I mean, I don't love it. I fucking hate it. But um, it's, I, I, it's the fact that they never once, yeah, they don't deal with like, how does he get this ability? Like, why is it? Like, I, and I, I, it feels like in watching it that it's just sort of like, it's about like 
the balancing of the universe. Like Martin right. wants retribution and therefore he is given the ability to make that happen. Just like it's just like that's just what it is. Right. And this and so he's mm-hmm. like, Yeah, I mean, like, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Deal with it. And it's not really my fault, it's your fault. And like, here it is. Oh my God. Okay. Well, fuck this. I mean, that's my only review. A two word <laughs> review. My no, and also you guys already know because I made this pretty clear throughout. But it's like Nicole Kidman's character makes no sense to me. You can't be like she was seemed like a good mother. That's what's confusing about it. She's like a good mother, but then simultaneously like yeah, but I'll kill kill one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That yeah. seems like hard to be both. But anywho, <laughs> I am moving on. I'm just gonna pick myself up and move on. Good for you, Hen. I love it very much. I feel like he's such a unique filmmaker and what a uh, what a treat to get <laughs> to experience these it's movies. It's not a treat at all. It's not it couldn't be further from a treat. <sighs> what is he going to be doing next? Oh my god. Uh it's like I said like it's so it really is so good and in like thinking back on it and like watching individual scenes and like Barry Keegan's performance and the spaghetti moment. It's like, I, I, I'm like not happy I watched it, but I'm not happy I watched it. But I also, there are moments that I'm like glad to have seen. He's Mm -hmm. got, he's got a movie coming out called Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Margaret Qualley, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, and Christopher Abbott. Very Ooh, interesting. interesting cast. I'm excited for that. Wow. I definitely would want to see like everything that Barry Keegan does from here on out. Yeah. Wowie. Wow. He's great. I love him very much. He's in Dunkirk. That's the only thing I know him from. Dunkirk. He has a. He's in um, the Green Knight, the Eternals. Um, oh, it's just Etern- Eternals. Eternals. Uh, maybe. Maybe the next. Fucking. If there All is right. another. Batman, I don't know. He's in Chernobyl. Oh, Chernobyl. Got a real dark part in Chernobyl as well. (laughs) He's a fucking dark dude. Like, he he carries a lot of weight with his, I don't know, just like what he brings to the table. Yeah, he can do do a lot with a look. Oof. Uh, Oof. Okay, well, I just want to apologize to both of you sincerely. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Henley is scowling at me. Henley, this is, I'm really sorry. This is really how I, like, I, I took, I watched this movie on Thursday. And so it's, I've, I've had three days to recover, but like, I really, in the immediate aftermath, I was like, really not okay. I was really not okay. And I don't even have a chat. I was like, very not okay. And I was very mad. I was very mm-hmm. mad at like the world. Like, I was like, honestly, naughty. It had like, surp- I wasn't even mad at Sammy because Sammy didn't make this movie happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, well it speaks to the like deep and actual injustice of the world where like you know what i mean i I understand that it's about the balancing of the scales in a certain fucked up way but like the fact that the youngest most vulnerable tiny cute cutie one with three best friends right and maybe that's part of it is that right there's like there there is is no no justice there's there's no justice. There is no justice. There is, nothing is fair. The world is deeply cruel. Yeah, when someone 
dies, there's no making it right. Even if it's you take chaos. a big it's bite out of your own arm. It's nihilism. It's chaos. Yeah. And I it's think just it's just devastation. I, it's I like just, the bleakest possible look at the world. It's that's <sighs> it just is like this is like the like truth. It, it's weird because it also is really funny. This is like I, I honestly think this is the darkest thing I've ever seen. Like it is so dark. Yeah. It's so fucking dark. We need to wrap it up so I can go hug my child. Go hug your child, before baby. I go chug. Literally, go chug. Go chug your child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just drink him in. Any listeners out there? Go hug your children. Go hug your children. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, who's gonna do Colin Farrell's accent to close us out? No, I think she's gonna no, do Barry. It's gotta be Barry Keegan. It's gotta be Barry Keegan. Okay, hold on, hold on. I gotta. Has to do okay. One, two, three, four. Um, you won't get. You're not gonna get sick. That's y'all. Have to do is stay calm. That's all. Okay. Okay. From all. From all of us. Okay. From all of us here. From all of us here. At too scary. Didn't watch. Uh, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. 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 Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye.